0: Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, y'all ready for the Bible? Y'all like, I thought you were already there. It sounds like you're preaching. All right. For those of you online, we're so excited that you were here with us today and um, just um, thankful that you're able to worship with us in your home, and we can hear you amen and all the way over here, and um, we're just thankful that you're with us today. All right, I'm going to open up this morning with Deuteronomy 6, verse 10, and then I'm going to jump to verse 12, and then we're going to pray. Sound like a plan? Yes. All right, y'all, y'all need to talk back to me today. Uh, you can tell I'm kind of in that I need you to talk back to me mode. Amen. Amen. I heard that online. Thank you. All right. Deuteronomy 6.10. When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore your fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you the land large, flourishing with cities you did not build. Verse, verse 12. Be careful. Everybody say, be careful. be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for you. You are the guest of honor. You are the one that we worship. We, we come before you today and uh, we thank you for how capable and how strong you are today. You are worthy of our worship and we just, we throw our crowns down. We throw everything good that we have and just say, well, we honor you because anything good came from you. We love you today with our hearts and with our lips and with, our, with our, our souls today, Lord God. We want to honor you today. We pray for our children as they're in that class today, Lord, that they will learn and receive wonderful things from Ms. Dana as they, they learn today, Lord, that you would pour out your spirit and your word into our children. And, Lord, we sit here as your children and we say, Lord, we're ready for you to pour out your word and your spirit in us. Our hearts today are soft, they're teachable, they're ready, and Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your spirit to share what's in your word today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You know, we, we live in an age and a culture where we like to focus on what's next, right? Uh, I mean, we, we just had our announcements of what's next, and um, I know I've been talking about summer plans with different ministry heads and things like that, and we're th- thinking about what's next, and parents are already starting to make plans for the summer, the what's next, and we think about what's next today and what's next uh, this coming week and what's the next season of my life, and, and it's a good attribute to be thinking about what's next, amen? I mean, that, that's positive, but I don't think we're probably as good at remembering. You know what I'm talking about? where we look back and we remember what God has done, where we remember what God has brought us from. Anybody here been brought from anywhere? I know I was. Um, Remembering the prayers that have been answering, remembering the times when God has carried us. And, you know, in the Old Testament, remembering was a really big deal. I I read recently, somebody said it was a chief malady, and I don't know, it just caught my word, the word word malady. I was ooh, fancy pants language there. Um, Malady, like it was a bad, bad thing to be forgetful in the Old Testament because if you don't remember, you forget. It's profound, isn't it? I know you're like, well, let me write that down. (laughs) If you don't, hold on, don't go too fast. You... Forget, okay, keep going. Um, And you know, when you forget, um, sorry, let me fix on a glare issue. Age is wonderful. Um, When they would forget in the Old Testament the things that God had done, they would always turn their worship to something. They would turn it, To an idol, they would turn their affections somewhere, because we're built to give our affections and our attention somewhere, right? So it totally makes sense. And when we, you know, turn our attention or affection to other things, then it's easy to to lessen our emphasis and our focus on God and who He is in our lives. Amen. For them, they were an oral culture. Like again, I'm focusing on this Old Testament and how important remembering was. They were an oral, auditory culture. And for centuries, up um, the patriarchs would they would recite their history and they would tell their history to their family and they would recount it. Um, even in, in the days of Moses, when they were writing down the scriptures for the very first time, um, the scripture wasn't in the hands of everybody. They didn't like pull up out their iPhone or their Android and like pull up the Bible app. They didn't. They didn't go home with it. They didn't even go home with the scrolls. They heard it from one another, and they heard it when they had a meeting together. They heard the scripture as it was typically read by priests and leaders, right? And this is how they learned about what God had done, and this is how they remembered corporately their own history. And I want to take you to this kind of, it's a really famous Old Testament scripture um, especially if you grew up in the Old Testament times. like This was like the scripture that you knew. It was like the first one you would memorize. They, the they, they called it the Shema, S-H-E-M-A. And it was um, what every believer would memorize. They memorized a lot of scriptures, but they especially memorized this one. And baked into this scripture is this call to remember what God has done and to pass it on. Y'all catch that? To remember... And to pass on. And here's what it says in Deuteronomy 6.4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and all your strength. These commands I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your, of your houses and of your, your gates. Um, you know, this first part focuses on like the greatest first commandment that there is. Love God, amen? That, that's what we are called to do. And then it goes on to say, now, here, God has given us a way to live, and, and we want to we live righteously, and we want you to pass this on to your children. And then it goes on in verse 10. It says, When the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, To give you, let me hit pause for just a moment. So this is God speaking to Moses and the people of Israel who've come out of Egypt. Now they're wandering in the wilderness, right? They have this promise of a land that God was going to give them. And now it's saying, now, here's your greatest commandment. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, right? And now he's going to say, when you get to the destination, I'm sending you. Everybody follow me? Verse 10, when the Lord your God brings you into the land, he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, To give you the land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. And when you eat and are satisfied, be careful. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Now this, this scripture occurs when they're in the wilderness, and God's preparing them for, for once they've entered into the promised land. Listen, it's going to be really good. I'm going to give you cities you didn't build and vineyards you didn't plant, and I need you to, to not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. Y'all ever pray for God to get you through something? I know y'all are more spiritual than this. You've never prayed that prayer. If you just get me through, I will. Anybody made those vows before? And we have all failed at them too. Because whatever the I will was, I'm sure we have all failed it at, at some point. Um, he's like, it's like he's saying, listen, once you're blessed, once the pressure is offed, off, don't forget the Lord. And here's how the story goes. Eventually, Moses passes away and Joshua, his understudy, would lead them into the land and they would conquer the land, and sure enough, cities they didn't build and vineyards they didn't plant, and they received this land, and, and God gave them victory to take it, and and now that they're settling down and settling in the land, Joshua's kind of like, he's kind of like wrapping it up, like, you know, he's taking off his general jacket and hanging it up, and like, okay, we've done this, we're here, we're all settling in this moment. Joshua makes this, this declaration, and it's kind of Interesting to me where it appears in the latter part of Joshua, the book that tells the story of conquering the land, because I don't know. I would think like you get to the end of Joshua and it'd be like, "Yo, let's have a party." You know what I'm talking about? Like, I mean, God did it. Like, let's party. Let's let like, let's get down. But Joshua, instead of having the party moment, which like some of us were always down for a party, ooh party like food, let's do it. Like, right, let's have a party. But in this moment, Joshua. He doesn't throw a party, he makes a declaration. And the declaration is almost like a, a wait what kind of moment because he begins to say, listen, you know, God gave us this land and, um, and now we need, to, we need to choose who we're going to serve. And it says in Joshua 24, verse 15, it says before that, we got to choose who you want to serve. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, Then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors, they serve beyond the Euphrates or the god of the Amorites, those who were living in the land. But as for me in my house, does that sound familiar to some folks? As for me in my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it for us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. And then what happens is they begin recounting all the things that God had done. Like, we're listening, we're listening. And he he tells them, Joshua, right before he makes this declaration, he says, listen, the idols that you had on the other side of the Euphrates, like y'all need to get rid of those. It was like they still had idols even then. And I think that's why Joshua didn't just throw a party is because there was still idolatry even though the people were living in blessing. And Joshua was like, now the pressure's off. Which way is everyone going to go? It doesn't say anything about throwing parties. This is kind of Mike Hennigan reading into it. I'm thinking, I would throw a party. Like, I'm thinking, we just did this. God did this. Let's throw a party. But he's making this kind of like declaration. He's still in general mode. Like, listen, if you don't want to serve the Lord, fine, but choose today who you're going to serve. It's like, well, Joshua, chill out, man. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's like this line in the sand kind of declaration. And of course, the people are listening, and they're like, well, yeah. I mean, Joshua, yeah, we're with you. We're going to serve. And yeah, we remember what the Lord has done. Well, the, the, book continue, the, the history continues, and you go from the book of Joshua, which is the conquering of the land, to the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, they're in the land that God has provided. And Judges is like the roller coaster book, where when the people um, d- decide not to serve God and to serve idols, they get into captivity and they cry out to God and they're like, Oh, God, help us. And God gives them a judge like Gideon and others, and they, they go back to the top and they're like, oh, we're doing great, we're doing great. Then they would forget the Lord. And you just see this roller coaster through the book of Judges. But there is this phrase early in Judges, in Judges chapter two, that is. Chilling. It says, Judges 2.10, After that, a whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors. Another generation grew up who neither knew the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. Then Israel did what was evil in the eyes of the Lord and served Baals, which are idols. And you read that scripture. Now, part of us, like, Honestly, I'm, I, you know, I'm not like sharing with you scriptures You're like, woohoo! like this is, I'm loving where this is going, Pastor Mike. Um, but I love how transparent the Bible is about what's going on. Because you got to remember, throughout this whole story, there's this overriding story of God loves his people and he keeps on saving them. Amen? So we keep that in mind. But this generation grows up they neither know the Lord nor what he had done. When I read that, there's something that rises up in me and goes, oh, no, not on my watch. You know what I'm talking about? Moms, dads, grandmas. Like there's something inside of me that goes, oh, no. Like if we were allowed to, to cuss in church, that'd probably be the moment to do it. Oh, no. But we don't do that. Um, <laughs> but like you'd be, we, we, we would be like not on my watch. Are we going to allow this to happen? My children are going to know the stories. My my family is going to remember what God has done, and not just at the funerals, amen? It's amazing how much we hear about the Lord at our funerals, which is appropriate. And yet it's like, I I know sometimes I, I come into family situations where, the family is not very familiar with God, but all of a sudden everybody's really familiar with God then kind of thing, right? And I'm not saying that in a condemning way. I'm saying that, like, that should be the continuation of the sentence, not a brand new paragraph. And as I've been looking at this concept of remember, and that's, that's the title of the message today, just simply remember. This idea of remembering what God has done is a really big deal. And to my prior, prior um, statement to you, I don't think it's the thing that we excel at as a people. I think we're better at looking forward than we are remembering back, right? And so I was thinking about this, looking in scripture, and I recognized that like God has given us a bunch of patterns that are intended to help us remember. And I think as we... Partake of the patterns if we remember, this is an opportunity to remember. This is an opportunity to remember. Here's the thing. When you remember what God has done, it gives you faith for what you need tomorrow. Amen. Sometimes we're like looking for fresh faith and we're looking for something. He said, I feel dry. Well, let's just go back to the well and, and remember some things that God's already done and let that stir you. Amen. And I think that remembering, that remembering is an act of worship. When you go, God, I remember when you saved me. I remember when I was really, really lost. I'm telling my own story right now. And you were so patient with me. When I told the world I was atheist and I told the world I was agnostic and you didn't flinch, you didn't turn away from me even though I was denying your existence and turning away from you. Y'all, that's a a good story about what God has done. And I got to tell you, I have no problem getting mileage out of it. None. Because you know what? It brings honor to God says that our God is a good God and a faithful God. And if we were to begin to write down just the things that he has already done, just think of how much that would bolster your view forward. So he's given us these, these, um, these patterns. You know, one of the patterns is Sabbath, the idea of taking a day of rest. Really, when we come together Sunday, this pattern of coming together Sunday was started centuries ago. They just did it on Saturday. They got together and everybody took the day off of work and they hung out together and they worshiped God and talked about the things of God. That pattern, that concept is even going on to this day. But one of the purposes of Sabbath, it says that the Lord rested after he worked. You get this idea in Genesis, it was like he reflected on the good things that had just happened. And I think when we take our moments of rest, one of the things we're supposed to do is look back and go, God, you've been good. Like, that's a moment that we're supposed to, hey, thank you. At the week started, and my boss was all weird, and I, you know, prayed, and you got me through it, and I didn't hurt anyone or get fired. Thank you, Lord. Another one where we remember is communion. Do this in remembrance of me, right? Jesus created this sacrament so that we would actually look to a very specific thing so that we would never forget the one thing that has changed history forever— the cross of Jesus Christ. Ain't he smart? Another one would be when we celebrate holidays like Easter and Christmas. Like we're telling our history. We're telling what God has done. We're telling the story over. And, and you know, the story never gets old and it never changes. Amen? I love that the story never changes. I, you know, when I'm preparing an Easter message, one of the things I love is the story already tells itself. And I don't need to do anything special with it because it's his story and it's already powerful. There's no dressing that it needs. It doesn't need anything. All I need to do is make sure I'm talking about that on that day and that I give people an opportunity to turn to Jesus. It's not complicated. But it's our opportunity to remember what is done and what brought us to where we are today. Christmas is the same way. Uh, in the Old Testament, they had feasts. They had feasts uh, throughout the year. They had three big ones where they would come together. Everybody, uh, every male was required to go to Jerusalem to practice these, the feast. And the feast, they did two things. They pointed to something that God had done, like Passover in Egypt, when God spared the Israelites, when the angel of death was killing the firstborn, right? Like, like it spared them. Like that was, that was the thing. But it also prophesied what was going to come, which is Jesus paying for our sins. Amen? And see, when we look back at what God has done, it also tells about what God is going to do. The act of giving thanks in a song and worship, when we give thanks, we have to remember something to be thankful for, right? And and I think that remembering is such an act of worship. It's good for us, But it's also, like, really important because it honors what God has done. And it's something that we can all participate in. And the fact is, every single one of us in this room, we have a story. You online, you have a story to tell. You have a story of what Jesus has done. Whether your story's been going for five minutes or 50 years, you have a story in your own life. I remember um, my, my dad, um, who passed away in 2017, his best friend is struggling and, and, and um, probably at near the end of his life. And I've been really thinking a lot about uh, my parents and wh- they, how they grew up and things like that. And while I was preparing this message, I couldn't help but think about my dad's story. And um, his story was, you know, he was a homeless teenager about 16, 17 years old, and um, he, uh, he ended up getting a job for a, a restaurant, um, and I think he got the job from the mob. I don't think he was, like, running, running with them, but he got the job from them, so I'm still hoping I don't get a call someday. Hey, we, we got a favor, uh, you know, kind of thing. Oh, Michael, I, uh I'm just kidding. It was a little too much. Um, but... But he, he had this job, and he was managing a, a restaurant at the age of like 20. And uh, my dad, if you didn't know him, he was like Caleb's height. He was like 6'3", and, and um, he was a really wiry adult, and, and he was managing, and, he, and my dad was nervous energy. And he was in this college town called Edinburgh up in Pennsylvania, just south of Erie. And back in the early 70s, the Jesus movement was happening, and there were all of these college students that were super psyched up about Jesus, And they were just telling everybody about Jesus. And they would come into the restaurant because they didn't have a Starbucks to go to. So his little restaurant was the coffee shop, right? They would come in and they would say, hey, hey, Mr. Hennegan, Jesus loves you. And they were just really obnoxious with like, Jesus loves you. And so finally, he goes to their counter. He's the manager of the restaurant. and goes, listen, really appreciate your patronage. I'm glad you're here. He says, I need you to stop saying that. Saying what? The Jesus love you bit. Please just stop doing that. He says, oh, okay, no problem. That day later on, they, they, they came, they brought their ticket, and they're just smiling. He's smiling at them. He's like taking their ticket. He flips over the tab. Guess what it says? <laughs> Jesus loves you. But one of these encounters, they said to him, hey, uh, Mr. Hennigan, do you want to come to our home? We're hanging out tonight. He heard the word home. They didn't know. It was a homeless teenager just not too long ago. And he couldn't resist, even as obnoxious as they were, as much as they drove him nuts, he couldn't resist. So he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll come. And he goes to their home, and it's, you know, it's like one of these college houses with all these college students. This one young lady sits next to him and looks at him and goes, if you don't accept Jesus, you're going to go to hell. He got up, and he walked out of the room. And he, and he walked out of the house, he's like, I, ain't, I don't need home that bad. He's walking down the sidewalk. Meanwhile, in the same community, there's a group, in a life group, if you will. They're all praying, and the Holy Spirit says, go out and start walking down the street now. They go out. They walk down the street. Guess who they meet down the street? Mr. Hannigan. He said, hey, do you want to go hang out with us at our home? He couldn't resist. Long story short, he would accept Jesus at the age of about 20, 22, And um, he would meet this awesome lady named Carol, my mom. And uh, they would marry. And uh, in this Jesus movement, I mean, God was moving and rocking and everything was, I mean, it was just a crazy intense time. And these just exuberant young people who are just willing to tell people about Jesus. And my dad accepts Jesus. My mom accepts Jesus in college. They marry and they have three children. And um, of course, I'm one of them, my brother and sister, And I was thinking about this history because, you see, when I think of my history, I have to think about that history. And see, you... You might be way, 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 way down the line in your history to tell, but you also may be the first. You may be the Terry. You may be that, that person who, you know what, it changed with me. I didn't have it in my past, but I have it now. I have him. And the, going forward, and I, I was thinking about this the other day, and I thought, you know, that was in like the early 70s. Here we are 40-plus years later, right? Actually 50, but he, he lived another 40-plus years. And here, here he is. And he's accepted Jesus and he has these three children and he has these grandchildren and this generation. And I was thinking about the fact that I'm going to be sharing this and I thought, my son Ethan today is in Tijuana, Mexico with a group of 40 crazy YWAM young adults who are just bent on telling people about Jesus. And I wonder if they're going to find a Terry. I wonder who they're going to find the thing is, is, you see, we have the story of Scripture and the inspiration of Scripture. And these are stories that we want to remember and we want to recount um, because they're real and they're true and they are part of our history. The reason you got here is Peter got up and he said, these men are not drunk as you suppose. And there you go. What a great sermon. 3,000 people are added to that day, right? But here we are centuries later because of what Jesus has done, and because of the story of Jesus. In the next two weeks, we're just going to focus on the story of Jesus. We're going to remember what he has done. But there's more to remember because you've got something to remember in your own life. And you may not even be in the best place and the best season of your life. But are you in him? But are you in him? Because even if it's a tough season, even if it's a tough moment, you're in him. Um, today there's a, there's a scripture in 2 Corinthians, and I love it. it says that it says that your your life is a letter, and it's written, written by God, and it's known and read by people around you and um, I think that we need to remember our stories. I think we even need to um, to write them down. And uh, I'm appreciative of Lindsay who last Sunday afternoon, I said, ooh, ooh, those notebooks that you made for the such and such conference, do you think we could have 100 of them ready to go on Sunday? And she made it happen. And um, today, we want to send you home with um, one of these, these notebooks, and it's blank. And what I'd love for you to do, you can use it however you want, but is for you to write down some of, the, of your story. And your story might not start with you. It might be others. But to pass on the story, we got to remember the story. Amen? And begin to write down some of the things that God has done. And, and, and in our devotions, there are just times when we need to remember what God has done and begin to put it down and, um, and record it for ourselves, for our family, for our children, and record it just to worship God, just to honor him. And um, if you're watching online today and you're like, I want a book, um, you just email us at friends at victorychristian.church. You can find that email all over the website, friends at victorychristian.church. You give us your address and we'll we'll mail you one of these. Um, Everybody is, we're including, not excluding anyone in that. But that's my challenge to you today as we get ready to go into the next couple of weeks and honoring Jesus and honoring Easter is, is um, that word, remember. What does God want you to remember? And the thing is, is for some of us, when we remember, there's a lot of just ugly stuff in the back, right? This isn't about your regret. This is about what he has done. And this isn't about the mess. This is about the one who brought you through the mess. And we use it as a way to honor. And for some of us, I want to say this to you. This is not so that your past can have power over you. It's because your past doesn't have power over you. And because you serve a God who's writing your story and your story's not done. And so if you think of, ooh, everything remember sounds bad to me, then you just, you approach it slowly and you say, God, you show me what to remember. You show me what you want to put down. Because I was kind of surprised when I thought about remembering that the very first thing the Lord put on my heart was my dad. I got to tell you, my dad, there's more history in his lineage than I know about. And it made me curious. It's like, there's stuff I wish I could know about his past that I don't know. But there's plenty that I do know and plenty that's happening now, and I can put that down for the Lord. Would you stand with me today? I want to take a moment, and I want to pray with you. And I do want to say this before we pray. For all of us, that journey starts when we receive Jesus as our Savior. Our story starts when we say, Yes, Jesus in our own hearts, and our own lives. And I just want to encourage you, if you've never had that moment in your life where you you went from I believe in God to I want to receive you in my life and I want you to be the Lord of my life, make today, April the 3rd, 2022, your day to say, Jesus, you have my whole life and begin writing your story in him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. And Lord, today we recognize that It's important for us to remember what you've done and who you are. It's not a test, Lord, but it is a way in which we honor you and bring you glory. And I pray that in the practice of remembering that worship will rise up. Thankfulness will rise up. And we'll remember what you've done and what you've seen us through. And God, that there be a confidence about what you're going to do and how you're going to provide for the future. I pray for those, God, who they're in, a, they're in a part of a chapter of their own story. Father, that's rough. I pray that what you've done will encourage them, Father, and thrust them forward. I pray for those who feel like they're broken. And Lord, I pray that you would help them to break through in you. We recognize that you're the hero of this story. You are the hero, Jesus. And we worship you and honor you. May we trust you fully. May we worship you fully. May we remember the things, God, that you would have us to remember. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.